Welcome to Fireside Knicks. My name is Alex Wilson, my co-host here, Brett Hanfling. And today we're here to welcome you to the first victory of the New York Knicks regular season. And what a win it was, my friends. If you're a Knicks fan, you've been waiting for this moment for a very, very long time. You've been waiting to start the season with a win, double OT against Boston. New additions like Evan Fournier, Kemba Walker, Fournier having a hell of a game. And Brett, my man, was at the game enjoying that MSG atmosphere. And how was it, my friend? How was that that experience? Yeah, so Alex, before I actually get into the game, let me just say how refreshingly exciting it is to go into a season genuinely excited, confident that we're to be good. You know, you could, I've been to a lot of home openers, and you could sort of fake the excitement in, in the first game because – you know, the first game is always exciting, but there's a different type of energy knowing that the whole season could be exciting and the Knicks could actually, you know, go to the playoffs. They should go to the playoffs and could win a first round matchup. So I'm just happy that we're in a whole new stratosphere as a Knicks fan in terms of just the whole mental and emotional side to it. Um, I was in the building, was lucky enough to be there. Um, the energy, I got there early. The energy was palpable early. Um, you know, the starting lineups were loud as they have been in years. You know, Kemba got a roar innovation, obviously Julius and RJ. Um, and I, you know, I was, you know, the, the, the crowd was so hyped. I was a little worried that the Knicks were going to let us down, but, um, you know, they, they came out. To. Yeah, they came out hot. We, you know, we're up 10, you know, just a quick summer where they were up, we were up 11 in the fourth quarter and we sort of blew it. Um, but we came back double overtime when 138, 134, um, you know, it was really just a great night to start the season. I mean, what, a, I mean, it was, it was brilliant. Even watching it on television, I miss Clyde. I miss Clyde, uh, you know, commentating and, and that, that sucked. But end of the day, we saw some of those guys we needed to take a step forward, really come and do that, right? Fournier coming in, hitting, I think, three or four three-point shots in overtime really gave us that edge. He had a great game if he get four steals on the evening as well. Altogether, I was really impressed with the scoring efficiency of this team, and that's really what we've been waiting for, a team that's able to put up 120, 140 points to, to just squeak out a victory like that. It's a scoring league now. Three-point shooting is is as relevant as it's ever been, and bringing in Fournier, Kemba Walker, high-efficiency shooters from range is going to be massive for this. We saw what Fournier can do. He can create his twisting and turning underneath the basket to try and get some baskets there. That's Reggie Bullock's dream. He dreams of doing that. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, coming people, in, oh. people were saying, you know, how big of a difference is Fournier and Bullock when we signed for it's huge. Um, you know, I was at the game with my brother who is, you know, he's a bit, big basketball fan, but not, he's not crazy like me. And in the beginning of the game, he said, what's Fournier's deal? Is he worth the money? And I said, yes, he's a professional score. Well, well, you're shaking your head to worth the money. Let's just whatever. He's a professional scorer. He's crafty. He's confident. He's a really good shooter. And, you know, he, he brings a poise to the team. Um, he was huge in the clutch. He was six for 13 from three. Um, you know, the league is moving towards shooting. It not even moving. It has the last five years. Um, and he probably right off the bat's our best three point shooter. Um, you know, Kemba's a good shooter. Kemba was three for four from three. Um, you know, Julius's three point shot was great last year and he was, you know, he had three threes last night. RJ's shot has been getting better over years. So, you know, one of the most important traits in basketball, the Knicks finally have, I really do think we have good shooting. And, and, and aside from shooting, 
Talk about like the defensive, you know, efficiency. They kind of struggled early on the first and fourth quarters. They give up some points, but second and third quarter there, they only give up 47, 48 points. So really nice efficiency there. Really saw some good defense at times. Um, of course, you know, Julius Randle and Fournier really combined for what, 67 points or something like that. Like they yeah, really it's the looked- first time. It's the first time in Nick history that two players have scored 30 plus in the home opener or That's just incredible. the opener at all. Yeah, and that and, and that's what we should expect from this team. They have multiple players who can who can you know post twenty plus points every single game. Which, if you look at Orlando, who we have uh, on Friday night, they are in shambles. Like they're going to be a bad team this year. They're still rebuilding. Their bench is absolutely horrendous. Um, they're really going to be running a lot through Jalen Suggs, their rookie star. Um, you know, trying to get to the star level at least, and and, and ultimately right. they're just not there yet. Like they're still a building organization. The Knicks should. They should steamroll them. Knock on wood. I don't want. I don't want to say anything because I. I'm still. I'm still on a like the ten years of being a Knicks fan is just like okay. Don't get too over ahead ahead of yourself. Don't get too excited. Let's beat bad teams before we can say this is a really a uh, good team that's taken a step forward. Right. Right. And another thing that stuck out last night was the depth that the Knicks have. And I tweeted about it this morning, and it got a lot of comments because you know I'm not complaining, but we, we're really deep. Um, you saw it last night because we have the starting lineup. Um, and then not in the starting lineup, you have Obi, who played 28 minutes and looked really good. You have Rose, who's not a starter. Quickly, who was the guy who sort of lost the minutes last night. Alec Burks. Um, you have Grimes and Deuce McBride, the rookies, who aren't going to play that much. But, um, you know, we're deep. We really are deep. Uh, you know, Randall, Barrett, and Fournier to play big minutes. Um, Mitch looked good last night. He used to play a bunch of minutes, but uh Nerlens and Taj were out so we have 10 12 guys that really could uh you know sort of in a vacuum on any random team deserve minutes um so it is going to be a little tricky for Tibbs to figure it out but I, it's it's definitely a better problem to have than not have um you know our bench is I, it really I it really is so as good deep. as any bench in the league oh um, yeah and it's going to be it's going to it's going to be a big part of our success this year I mean, look, there's a couple of kind of hidden factors that played a big part in this win. One of them being Obi Toppin in transition. He is the type of player, if you're at home, you're at MSG, he makes those big dunks, those big transition plays. He electrifies the stadium. He electrifies the team. And those moments, basketball is a very momentous game, right? Like if yeah. you get a couple yeah. of baskets, bam, you're, you're on a 10-0 run. You're not on a 12-0 run. You big, you give yourself that cushion. Toppin is a spark plug to that. You know, he has a big dunk in transition. I, he dunked over two guys. He looked awesome. Um, you know, he misses yeah, three-point no, attempts, but that's okay, you know? <laughs> no, yeah, it's true. I mean, it started, you know, he had some big dunks last year, but his dunks in the playoffs last year, the crowd, it brought the crowd to a whole new level. He had two fast breaks, and they get it to him. They know it's not just worth two points because there was one where I think D. Rose probably could have laid it up but got it out to Obi, and it's worth more than two points when it pumps the crowd up like that. The alley-oop was sick. I forget whose head he jammed on um, right over him. And he just looks more comfortable. He was so out of sort last year um, in a bunch of ways. You know, it was his rookie season. He wasn't getting that much minutes, so it's hard to get comfortable. He just looked like he was taking his time. He didn't hit his threes, but they looked better. Um, you know, his form looked pretty good. And, you know, I was behind the Knicks bench. He was just, like, engaged. He was into it. He was cheering for his team. Um, Obi's going to be a big part of this team, and I'm happy about it. 
Me too. I think, you know, his development and Julius Randle said after the game that he saw him working every single day and that he's doing everything necessary to be a good player in this league. And and that's where he said you have to be working. You got to work. You got to want it. And Obi Toppin wants it, right? He played, yeah. let's see, um, he played 28, 28 minutes. minutes last night. That's crazy. Six, 14 six points. For nine, six for nine yeah. shooting. Yeah, and he had five rebounds. Um, you know, he, he looked good at two offensive rebounds. Um, and aside from Toppin, the one other player that really stood out to me was RJ Barrett, right? He finished the first half with zero points. He ended up with 19. His second half performance was elite, stellar. He played good defense. He was scoring. He was hitting his shots. Ultimately, like, I was very impressed. RJ Barrett bounced back when was shot over 50% from the field, about, you know, 45% from three-point range, 19 points, two blocks, five rebounds, two assists. Um, he didn't turn the ball over one time. His performance yesterday was a huge indication. The first half, people were like, oh, oh like, what's what's going on? Why aren't they getting RJ the ball? Huge indication he is in for a massive year three. Yeah, well, it, it sort of goes back to the depth thing. So in the beginning of the game, it wasn't that he was missing shots or, like, wasn't into it. We just had other guys scoring. You know, Randall came out scoring. Fournier came out scoring. Um, he actually Kemba didn't. Kemba shots, too. He, yeah, Kemba took shots. He didn't get, like, that many touches in the first few minutes. And but it didn't it didn't deter him. Um, and it's going to sort of happen this season. You know, RJ is obviously a big part of the team, but there's going to be times where he has a slow start, or even in the fourth quarter, some other guys are finishing. But you're right; he had 11 points in the third quarter. It ended with I think an N one, or maybe he went to the line. It was like 20 seconds left in the third quarter, and the crowd was chanting RJ Barrett, and um, it was just amazing to see because you know he's our guy. He's you know the third pick from two years ago, he's going to be a, he is a big part of this team right now. He's a huge part of how, you know, high our ceiling could be this year, but really the next five years. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty confident RJ Barrett's going to end up being a major part of this team. He already is. And and if he can continue to make and take that role to another level and really work together with Randall and find and carve out that offensive role on this team with so many mouths to feed so many scorers, like that's really where I see him, you know, becoming this player that could be an all-star level uh, player in the future. I think, you know, there's just so much talent. One guy that also stood out, Mitchell Robinson, man, him coming yeah, in here definitely. and playing 34 minutes and picking up the slack. Th that was heroic to me. I mean, the guy has no stamina. He's barely had any time to get into basketball yeah, he shape. He had 17 rebounds, 17 rebounds. Yeah. So he noticeably put on weight. Um, he noticeably out of shape, not out of shape, but he maybe is like straight condition because he was fatigue. He was a, he was huffing and puffing at some point, but he was played a lot. And he was playing hard. He had 17 boards. People forget because you know he missed the whole playoff run. He is a really good player. He's a really good rebounder. He's a really good shot blocker. Um, he had some massive boards. I see their first or second overtime, about an even game. It was they had an open three. They missed it, and it's one of those threes that just. You know, it's anyone's ball goes high, and he went up and grabbed it. No one was even close. Um, Boston's bigs are weak too, and they're small. Yeah, they played Bob Williams a lot of the game. Uh, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they played him forty-five minutes, and he wasn't that big of a part of the team last year. Uh, I was surprised they didn't play Enos Cantor. I know most Nick fans don't like him, but I actually think he's a good player. Um, he's fine. He's fine, but he's fine. Fine when you don't have that that good of bigs is is decent. That's true. Um, but, but yeah, Mitch was great. Um, Fournier was great. Barrett was great. Randall was great. Uh, Toppin was good. Rose, you know, was a little out of sorts. He had a couple um, of moments where he was running full speed. That he looked like he was vintage. He had a couple of good moments. Yeah, you he know, put the game away. He 
Yeah, he did it. Gameway on a runner, on a runner off the backboard. Yeah, and you know, I think he's still trying to find. It's going to take a couple games for him because he's used to starting. Really, I mean, he's he's kind of was that guy last year that they needed, and now they're trying to figure out like how to what combinations are we going to use him with? Like how like Tom Tom Thibodeau has a lot of work to do, man. Like finding the right combos on a on a game by game basis to mitigate fatigue, to you know, make spark a run, whatever it might be. It's tough. Like I, I envy him engaged. for how well he's done. Exactly. Keep players, keep them on their toes. Like quickly even got involved. Um, I mean, Jericho Sims had seven minutes for, for I was sake, surprised so. Jericho Sims was in the first quarter. I saw that too. I was like, wow, good for him, man. I, I was, I was happy coming. for him to he get was in decent. There. Um, he didn't go back in. I mean, I don't think he scored. Uh, let's say, yeah, he didn't score. He had a rebound, but he was, he was engaged. Yeah, yeah he was. And you know, I, I was pretty excited to see, I mean, they got, they got Burks, Rose and Toppin plenty of minutes. And I think the the reason that Toppin played a lot though was because they didn't have a center. They were playing a lot of Julius Randall Toppin combos to try and mitigate that uh, center situation and kind of give Mitch some some breathing room at times. Um, yeah. But I will say, like they're both capable scorers. Like they can both shoot. They can yeah. both get into good position. Julius Randall was when Julius Randall drives to the paint. I don't know how he gets some of these shots in. Like it, I'm watching on the angles on television, and it's yeah. crazy how he manages to get these in. It's it's so impressive. Yeah, he contorts his body. He fades away. He's just his touch has gotten better. It looks like bad shots, um, but it's just gotten he's a better. Superstar. He's, a superstar. he's a superstar. I mean, I, this was important for him to play a good game after, you know, he had the crappy playoffs. Um, and you know, there's some faction of Nick fans that are saying, you know, we can't do it in the playoffs, which is dumb. He did. He had a bad series, but it doesn't mean he can't do it. And he came back. He has 35 points in the season opener, and. Um, you know, I'm expecting another all-star season out of Julius. Yeah, me too. And and to, to wrap up this episode, Brett, let, let me ask you, what do you think the three keys to stopping or beating Orlando is? I mean, you, there's probably just one, don't play down to them. But if there's maybe right. three things you have in mind, what are you what are you looking for? Um, You know, it's, it's stay aggressive. You know, Fournier, RJ, and Randall, stay aggressive. Those are going to be our three big scorers. Um, you know, hopefully we just shoot the ball well with Kemba, with Fournier, with RJ, maybe quickly with some energy off the bench. And then what you said is probably the big one. Stay engaged. So it's only game two. You know, Orlando's 0-1, but it's only game two. Got to come out and take care of business. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, limiting Suggs, he's a rookie, but the guy's a stud. Um, he can break at any moment. Yeah, we don't I'm, know. I'm excited Mo to Bamba. see him, actually. Yeah, and Mo Bamba, I think he hit three of four three-point attempts. That efficiency will not remain. He's like a 32% shooter last year, so not that and great. And one more. Don't let Iggy Bradzinkis get hot. He played 19 <laughs> – I think he played 19 minutes for Orlando in their game one. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Like, their bench is so bad. Like, once they really start to reach into those bench players, um, we're going to tire them out pretty easily, I think. And then once they start dipping into the Iggies, we're going to be in uh, uh, clear <laughs> Iggies, shape. Yeah. We, we got some we got some studs on the bench ourselves. I don't think we're going to miss a beat. Um, and realistically, like, this is a game that we should win. Uh, and again, like, the number one key for me, don't play down to your competition. Yeah, Rebound, score efficiently, don't be lazy, dominate, play hard all game. Because that's – I mean, Tom Thibodeau won't let these guys play weak. Won't let these guys exactly. play lazy. Yeah. He was like, I remember after the game, they're like, "Are you happy, Tibbs?" And he was like, "I'm never happy, never, like never." I love it, and I I love that mentality. Just always and on hundred, pl- always keeping it real. He's sort of playing into that joke now, but it's also real, so it's it's good. It's it really is. good. Yeah, he is. Um, he's, he's playing. He's playing the the media like a fiddle. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next week. You know, the game Friday, game Sunday. We'll be back next week. A lot to talk about, and um, you know, hopefully we're three zero when we come back. Absolutely, guys. So I hope you enjoyed. Episode two of Fireside Knicks.
Peace out from your co-hosts, Alex and Brent. We'll catch you guys on the next next episode. Go Knicks, baby. Let's go. Let's go.